Welcome to living in the vineyards of Eden. Where everything's perfect. Mm. Wow. Smile upon us, Lord. Double smiles for everyone having a hard day. Just buckets of laughter. Send your laughing angels to just laugh at them. Ministers of laughter sent to help those who are sad. Glory. You guys want to soak in some fresh oil tonight? I'll tell you right off the bat as you're looking at those wine grapes that. God told me that the wine press was the final judgment for all the teaching that's on the earth. Isn't that cool? The drunkenness of his love, Song of Solomon 5, 1, be drunk with love, is the final judgment of all Christian teaching. Isn't that wild? The drunkenness is the judgment upon teaching. A lot of it can't even stand in the drunken judgment. But if your teaching stands and can pass through the test of the wine press, then you've been a correct teacher. Otherwise, man, you're just going to get burnt up. Ha, 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 ha. Glory. Bam. Welcome. It's good to be here with you. Had a nice Sabbath, refreshed, feel good. Love you, Jesus. Spent a lot of time reading Gian Guyan. Spent a lot of time in Hebrews. Really enjoying the footnotes of the Passion Translation lately. This whole summer and fall been in the footnotes a lot. <laughs> It makes it so interesting when you read the scripture if you have a passion translation Bible which is one of the funnest translations we love Brian Simmons and I love the passion translation read the footnotes it makes it so fun to read the Bible you'll get something new every time you read the word you're just reading about Simeon which was Peter's real name which means he who hears I think the spirit wants us to hear we're goofing off we're drunk we're having fun reading the Bible but I really feel the spirit has a message inside all of the the nonsense and the playing around that he want us to he wants us to hear <laughs> to hear with our hearts what the spirit says to the churches Father, I pray you'd soften our hearts tonight. 
You'd give us the meal that we need for our souls. May you bypass all the areas in us. <laughs> Whoa. That resist you, that disagree with you, that are disobedient to your call. Grace abounds. Isn't that cool? There's no condemnation. Because any area you have a short falling in, grace abounds. Meaning you can't be beat up unless you're in agreement with the devil, a liar. You can't beat yourself up. It's not possible in Christ. There's no condemnation in Christ. So the only way you're getting beat up is if you've given your soul to devils. Do you know that? God will never beat you up. He's not abusive. Demons are abusive. That's the wrong kingdom. Somehow, some lie got into you that you thought it's okay to feel bad about yourself, to beat yourself up, to feel condemned. Some religious cunning spirit deceived your heart and came into covenant with you. How many, raise your hand, have covenants with demons? Wow, every single one of you. Man, it's like the church of Satan in here. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. <laughs> Father, I pray that you release your angels to break our covenants with demons, with religious spirits, with familiar spirits. And you know when you get a breakthrough towards a familiar spirit that's been stealing your confidence, laughter is always the result. You'll feel so happy. The joy of salvation. What is the evidence that you're saved in a new area of your heart? Joy. Restore the joy of salvation. He restores our souls to the fullness of joy so that you're happy, which means blessed and to be envied, in every single area of your thought life. And all the meditations of your heart are happy. All the thoughts of your heart, all the ideas that spring out of you from heaven bring joy, bring delight, that bless God, that serve God, that everything we do warms the Father's heart, makes the Father smile. The issue is getting juiced up enough on the glory so that you can serve God in His gladness, serve God in happiness, and it's never a drag. I mean, it's literally like getting high on the glory to please the Father. The works that are pleasing to Him are bearing fruit that lasts. How many of y'all know if you have fruit, there are works inside the fruit? Vineyards of Eden. Taking care of vineyards is the work. What's the, the fruit of the Spirit? The things of God that are coming out of your heart. You ever cast God out of you? The things of heaven coming cast heaven out. Because when you cast it out, there's a bottomless cup underneath everything you cast out. If you hold on to that little measure you have, 
You won't realize the infinite amount below it. <laughs> you gotta cast heaven out of you. You gotta cast Jesus out of you. And keep casting him out of you every day. That's called the river of life being cast out of you. And the more you dish out, the more you'll find God underneath. That's where the Father is, since He's the servant of all. The Father is the servant of all. So as you serve Him, more comes up from below. He gets underneath everyone and serves His glory, His angels, His words, His power. His angels have the ability to move every single object in the natural realm. Do you know that? If you need a mountain moved and cast into the sea, if you have a mustard seed of faith, it will obey you. How many of y'all know the mustard seed of faith empowered an angel? When you spoke, angels obey all his words. And so speaking from the place of a bottomless cup as the river has been constantly cast out of you that you've come to know God within you in the infinite creative power and ability of God the Father flowing out of your innermost being through your personality. Filled with the Godhead and flooded with the Godhead. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and you're full of the Godhead and have reached full spiritual stature. You've been made full of the floods of glory. You were created for the glory. What is going into the glory is repenting. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory. Where's the glory? Only Christ. And Christ isn't out there. Christ is in you. So repentance is pulling your mind deeper into the depths of serving Christ within. Giving Christ. Isn't it wild? He even talked about giving a glass of cold water to someone as giving them Christ and giving it to Christ. Giving them a drink. <laughs> and what did David ask for? A glass of water and they broke through the enemy lines and brought him water and he poured it out as a drink offering the sacrifice of warfare was for the drink this is ministry now an important thing about ministry ministering the drink is that it comes before family it's more important than your family the drink in the ministry is God. God is the drink and God is the minister and God is the ministry. You shall have no other gods. Number one thing is God. Number one thing is ministry. Not family. It's true. That's a huge demon. And so that Satan uses unholy family members to destroy most Christians' callings because they're deceived thinking that they're supposed to ruin their calling on a disobedient family member. That was never in your destiny scroll. That was you deceived. So Jesus said, Who is my mother? Who is my brothers? He told them to completely piss off. 
Not very loving. Oh, he's God. He's showing you how to live, that you're supposed to obey God and the ministry of God and not your family. Every apostle left their family. You know that? We have left family. We have left businesses for you, Peter said. Oh, you're going to be rewarded. Isn't that interesting? The exact opposite of what American Christianity preaches is what Jesus did and taught his disciples. It's a major deal because the number one killer of your ministry, of the killer of the river of life within you that you learn how to serve others, is your family. It was the number one temptation in Jesus' life. You remember? His family came to take him home. If he had loved his family, he would have never served God. If he had loved his family, he would have never have loved God. That is the biggest stumbling block in every single one of your callings. It's family. Few of you have overcome it. Some of you doubt what I say right now, even though you know Jesus' family came to him to take him home. And he said, you are not my family. Only those who do the will of my Father in heaven are my mother and my brother and my sisters. At that moment, he disregarded Mary and said, you're not my mom. How unloving. Can you imagine the disrespect in Israel? How can this rabbi be a rabbi when he doesn't submit to our family idolatry that's taught in every synagogue? <laughs> in church, family idolatry is the number one thing taught in church because it's acceptable by the sinful nature. <laughs> I haven't come to bring peace but a sword. Father against son, mother against daughter. That's what Jesus said. You know the verse. You know that's written in the scriptures. Problem is you don't want to face that fact because the devil wants you to waste your life on your family. Waste your life. I'm not talking about a family that obeys God because that's real family. They'll actually benefit your calling and your walk with God. I'm talking about family that's false family. Jesus said at that moment, <clears throat> when his brothers and sisters came to him, that even though they were blood relatives, they were not his family. Some of you are going to get this today and finally overcome that last familiar demon. <clears throat> Jesus said that his mom was not his mom, his brothers and sisters were not his brothers and sisters. Those who obey my Father in heaven are family. Meaning, anyone in your life, blood relative or not, it could be a church person, it could be someone in the community, it could be anyone. Are they even your husband or wife? Throw that in there. If they're not, if that's not your mom, Jesus, and your mom is only the person who does the will of your Father in heaven, who's your mom? Anyone you're walking with in the glory of God and obeying God, doing God's will in heaven, is your family, and it changes. Your family changes. I have watched family come and go for 15 years of ministry. I had brothers and sisters come walk with me seasons as family and then not walk with me because they no longer did the will of my Father in Heaven. They're not family. 
Isn't that interesting? Because then when he's talking to John on his path to the cross, he says, Behold your mother, mother behold your son. You think Mary repented? Oh yeah, big time. Became true spiritual family. Hallelujah. <laughs> Just because you have a legal contract that says son, daughter, mother, father, grandpa, grandpa, husband, wife, doesn't mean it's husband, wife, grandma, grandpa. See, because you have to come out of the law. The law was the trap that the fallen angels used to test Jesus in. Oh, the law says you're supposed to take care of your family. The law says this. The, what's the interpretation of the law? Loving God. Because you're not even loving that fallen, disobedient person unless you're obeying God. That person wants you to join them in their disobedience, in their deception, because they're under the wings of fallen angels. And you're going to be misunderstood, and you're going to be persecuted, and people are going to think you're unloving when you start walking with the heavenly family and repent of the false earthly family. Why do you think Jesus said two will be sleeping in bed, one will be taken, one remain? That person you're sleeping with, doesn't matter how married you think you are to them, is not your wife and not your husband. Remember, Jesus entered grace. There's no law in heaven. It's all based on a person's spirit and their orientation of their spirit with God the Father. And he's the great judge and you're not. Your judgments are way off. His are spot on. And they're based on the substance of the glory that you understand and experience through grace. Meaning, if we were to dissolve all the natural realm, what your spirit looks like and what their spirit looks like would reveal the truth. And that's how you begin to see. You begin to see in eternal realities, which is true, prophetic vision. Jesus said about the followers of the law, they were the blind leading the blind because they were only following God outwardly. They were only married outwardly, legally, but not inwardly, spiritually. So that giving and taking in marriage, which is the outward man marrying the outward woman, are done away with. And God says the time has now come for that to be done away with. Does that mean that I'm not married? No, that means now it's time to be married in what's called the marriage supper of the Lamb, the new covenant of being married inwardly. Inwardly, which is millions of times more intimate, and you should have been walking in that in the new covenant anyway. <laughs> That's something you're supposed to walk in from the day you're first born again, is being like the angels and being married inwardly this is the bride of the lamb where's the lamb in you christ in you you're married inwardly anyone that's not inwardly married anyone that's not inwardly family mother father brother sister is a devil yes a devil what does the devil do pulls you away from the will of god come home jesus no devil he was being kind and gentle <laughs> instead of telling them 
what spirits they were operating in, which he could have, and it would have been true. He simply used it as an opportunity to teach. And that gentleness of not completely crushing them for being literally Satanists caused a later repentance, and they became great apostles, Jude and James, his brothers. Isn't that cool? And we all know Mary. Mary actually wrote the some of the Odes of Solomon, which is the earliest Christian hymn book, which is really, really high-level inspired stuff. And Mary even emphasizes the new wine. You know she was a drunkard? She was a drunkard and a glutton. She knew how to feast. You clearly see the repentance of the mother and the brothers as they go and write scripture later on. Yeah. So there is a progression of coming out of false, natural everything into true, spiritual everything. And don't let that scare you because it's a wonderful thing. You're only really awakened if you know people on the inside. Otherwise, you're sleeping. If you're living only outwardly, you're sleeping. If you're living inwardly, you're awakened. And so you're progressively being awakened inwardly. You can't just say, oh, I'm fully awake. You're lying. You're just totally lying. You're deceived. When you're fully awakened is when your inner man wraps your outer man and you start to transfigure. And that process is a constantly bringing of the outer man to the inner man. The consciousness, which is your brain, your mind right here, is only living out of the eternal person of the Spirit. Revelation in the Word of God is what awakens the Spirit and washes the mind to live inwardly and not outwardly. So the marriage supper of the Lamb and the giving and taking of marriage are the two different contrasting systems at work for the souls of the nations. The days of Noah, they would be giving and taking in marriage. They'd be outwardly intimate. It's kind of like those who did miracle signs and wonders in my name, but depart from me, I didn't know you because you weren't inwardly intimate. It's all about inward or outward. That decides what kingdom you're currently in and serving. When we were in darkness, we served the out, the outer man and the outer kingdom. He who's in the world. The outside of the cup. And we didn't care for what was inside the cup. We had forfeit our very life to the devil. Anyone who lives outwardly has forfeit their life to the devil. But we live inwardly. And we know him in our spirit. So we value our spirit on the inside, which is valuing God. (laughs) You value Jesus to the measure you value your inner man. Is your life directed by your inside man? The hidden person of the heart. The secret stairway of intimacy of Song of Solomon. Is your brain going progressively deeper on the inside. And how do you go deeper? By serving the living waters to others, make sure well dig deeper. 
give and it will be given to you good measure pressed down and overflowing what does it mean it means that what you give out of your heart is coming back to you and until you learn how to give the living water by digging wells inside your heart and going deeper inside yourself inside your flesh understanding the temple of the holy spirit the new covenant which is the human flesh and going in there supernaturally by the holy spirit and by the word then you won't be reaping anything from heaven in your life when you learn how to go deep inside the spirit that god placed in you and your spirit's alive you've been translated out of darkness into his glorious light and you're now ministering out of your spirit and pulling your brain the anchor for your soul deeper in your spirit now you can reap more of that inside realm which is the heavenly glory that's the riches in glory also known as the believers rewards those who so sacrifice the outer man and begin operating in this marriage supper of the lamb realm on the inside which is being like the angels will begin to reap the treasures of the glory and the treasures of the glory will get so big and vast that it will begin to consume the natural dimension and that's what brings the floods <laughs> so as you begin mining inside your very soul looking within at jesus christ in you the hope of keeping your eyes fixed on jesus no one has their eyes on jesus who looks outwardly they're all liars deceivers they're all immature christians <laughs> that's not the new covenant that's there might be some grace there for some gifting and some different stuff, but you don't really know him. You don't know him until your mind turns inward. And the mind is washed, the renewing of the mind, the washing of the water of the word. The mind gets washed as the spring of the fountain of the Lamb springs up through your very spirit. And the word innermost being and womb is where the spring comes from. If you study John 7:38, it's one of the greatest, most important revelations for all time. Is how to become a spring, how to become a fountain, and how to bring the brain into the inner man and then go deeper daily. And you dig daily. And there might be sediment from people on the outside. There always is. They'll come like the Philistines came and they threw dirt inside the wells so they couldn't drink the water they poisoned they throw snakes and scorpions in the wells so you couldn't feed your flocks you couldn't they would destroy your prosperity they destroy your business and they destroy your drinking water because it was agriculture you needed water to grow crops you needed water to feed your sheep and your goats and that's how the ancient israelites lived so to shut down the water supply was to completely destroy the israelites life and Jesus taught you have a new water supply now that comes out of your belly. And if a demon or a lie and a religious spirit comes and shuts down the water supply of your innermost being that flows out of your womb, your spiritual prosperity is stolen, your, your power is stolen, your armor is stolen, your calling and your destiny, all stolen until you get your water supply back. The most important thing is your water supply. Jesus clearly taught that 
Without a spring, there's no fruit. There's no fruits of the spirit. There's no destiny. There's no anything. It's all forfeit. That's why you got to be born of the spirit. And what else? John 3? The water. The water. Because then that's your source of all supply for things on earth. <laughs> it's the source of your business. It's the source of having divine family. <laughs> you don't want dry family because that's not family. You have no obligation to those people. It's the, it's the religious spirit that makes you obligated to false family. Do you know that? You say, well, you got to love. There's nothing there to love. That's a thorn and thistle. They rejected the water. All that thing is is a destroyer of God's sons and daughters who don't have wisdom yet. Do not be yoked to unbelievers. If your brother or sister is an unbeliever, you are not to be yoked to them. doesn't mean you don't love them. The most loving thing you can do is be yoked to God and not yoked to them because they will destroy your life. Is that true with men and women and relation, every relationship in your life? No more giving and taking in marriage. And let those who think they're married live as if they're not married, Paul says in the Corinthians. <laughs> Why? Because the hour is short. Because you're going into the times of the angels. And you're going into the times of the marriage supper. And all this old traditional junk that you call Christianity and you call love, God doesn't call Christianity. God doesn't call love. These are the traditions of men that destroy the power of the word. What's the tradition of men? Marriage. What's another tradition of men? Holidays. All the good traditions that you take care of and that you observe, Jesus said it was those traditions, the good ones, that annulled the power of God, that canceled out the Holy Spirit that grieved and quenched the Spirit because they were celebrating things outside of the celebration of the glory called the marriage supper of the Lamb. They were celebrating in the realm of the natural using the law, using Christian legalism, Christian rules and regulations, Christian law, which is what America is founded on, which is, you know, we say, oh, well, we're a Christian nation. If you're practicing Christian law, you're not a Christian. Did you know that? You're not a Christian if you practice Christian law. One is only a Christian in spirit, which is grace, in the glory realm. Don't even tell me you're a Christian by what you do. I want to look into your heart. Remember, the workers of iniquity did all the Christian stuff. Jesus said, you're still going to hell. I'm looking into the heart to see if there's a spirit there in union with God. That's the only judgment is your inner man, the inner person, the real you, one with Jesus inside. Otherwise, all that other stuff's fluff and cover up and makeup and faking it and deceiving everyone around you. So it's one thing to just have all this external fluff, and we had that because we had so much falsehood in us. If you're honest with yourself, the reason why we tolerated wicked people for so long in our lives, knowing that the scripture forbids it, is because there was still wickedness in us. 
and there is the time of holiness when you get set apart or sanctified at a greater level and it's called entering the bridegroom's chambers and it seals behind you everything false you can no longer practice the fake external life you can no longer practice the giving and the taking of marriage you're no longer celebrating outwardly because you become real inwardly oh yeah you become the real deal it's called entering the kingdom of heaven it's time to know the father face to face with the eyes of your heart not closed open and staring right into father's fiery eyes and living as that kind of creature that kind of creature is not a human being that kind of creature who looks the father in the eyes is forever changed you cannot leave the bridegroom's chamber once you've come in these are the people that have made the full commitment who have gone through incredible testing incredible trials incredible persecution and are all in to be changed by God the Father some of you are there others are not so sure you want to go all in yet so you need to go around the mountain and beat yourself up with some sin for another season and get involved in some more rebellion practice some fake religion some self-righteous works so you feel good about yourself all that stuff that leads to death all the fallen angel activity of the fallen rebellious world put some more dust on your head like you're doing something do do voodoo practicing self-righteousness and we all do it and I'm only preaching to the choir here because these are the lessons you learn as you grow in God you learn to stop serving everything except the Father you can do it that's the only thing the angels are help here helped and sent here to help you obey is to serve God not to serve you not to make you feel good that's not priority that you feel good priority is that you serve the Father and in serving the Father who he is burns through your bodies it's gonna feel bad if you got wickedness in you because it feels bad to demons demons feel bad in the lake of fire demons are tormented by Jesus remember what Legion said to Jesus have you come to torture us before the appointed time the demons screamed that the presence of the person of Jesus was torture are you torturing demons like Jesus a normal Christian Jesus is the firstborn of many raised from the dead are you amongst the dead living a lie are you raised from the dead tormenting them that's all that there is here folks you're either tormenting them or you're with them and so the dead want you to be dead with them Jesus said let the dead bury the dead there's another tradition funerals funerals you realize that he didn't go to funerals Jesus didn't do any of the traditional stuff of the people and then he said it was wrong that they were doing it 
Do you go to weddings? Do you go to funerals? I mean, do you even believe what Jesus said? That's going too far. No, you're just not a disciple. The truth is, you're not a disciple. You might be saved, but you're not a disciple. <laughs> These are not optional things in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. These are the things Jesus and his disciples did, practiced, and preached, and hardly any of you, any of you listening right now practice them. American culture and American Christian culture opposes being a disciple of the gospel. Oh, you'd go to someone's funeral? No, I've skipped funerals and had my family go crazy on me for skipping funerals and tell me that I'm not loving because I didn't go to the funeral. I didn't even go to my dad's funeral, people. He was my best friend. Didn't even go to his funeral. Because <laughs> it's real. The calling and the discipleship is more real than practicing the traditions of men but just not for you yet because you're not a disciple. <laughs> and that's the truth. And people will freak out because it reveals their true level of commitment to their calling. That they're still full of compromise. And do you realize that when you get over all that compromise and start pissing off all the false family, all the false friends, and all the fake phony wannabes that you're supposed to be loving to, which actually isn't love, which is just rebellion, you will lose the anointing off your life by going the way of Christian culture, the way of the world. You want extreme glory. You know what the drunken glory is? It's so much anointing that your body is overwhelmed. Drunkenness on the new wine is having such an amount of anointing that your body can't handle it because it's so much. That's what the drunkenness is, is awesome amounts of anointing. How do you get it? You got to do these crazy things that culture condemns. And I'm not talking about the world's culture. The world will let you cross-dress and, you know, teach children how to strip on a pole. I'm, not I'm talking about Christian culture. I'm talking about the standards of being born again and every good Bible-believing church in the world that still falls way short of actual discipleship. Way short. Woo! <laughs> They'll kick you out of most charismatic Bible schools, Bible colleges for being a real disciple. And I'm not talking about rebellion. I'm talking obedience to the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of goofy stuff out there that should be kicked out. I'm not talking about just foolishness, immaturity. I'm not talking about zeal without knowledge, strange fire. I hate strange fire. I hate that foolish zeal. Insanity. What I love is obedience to the Holy Spirit that produces the glory of God. Because it's only in that place that you do any damage whatsoever to hell. Did it cost families? Did it cost businesses? With not one exception of any disciple that's ever lived. And so that seems like extremism still to a lot of people that have had a drink of the new wine and drunk the drunken glory. But that's really entry-level sacrifice, guys. Entry-level. That you will have a new family. That it will be very scary and uncomfortable. 
everyone will condemn you because you're forsaking the realm of the condemned, the realm of the dead. Coming out from amongst them and be ye separate and holy, says the Lord, and I will be a father to them and they will be my son. Amen. <laughs> so, it's a message on separation. The Garden of Eden is a garden separate from every other garden. And it starts with obeying the word in the Holy Spirit. Do not harden your hearts when you hear what it takes to be an actual disciple. Yes, the Spirit will guide and direct you through it. It's always messy because you got your there's compromise around you everywhere. You're filled with people that are compromised. The Spirit will lead you. Does that mean just pack your bags and leave? No. Doesn't mean that. If the calling of God says pack your bags and leave, make sure you do that. The ministry of God is much more important than family. Jesus said his ministry was more important than following his mom and his brothers and sisters. Come on. Serving God and making God number one was Christ's ministry. Most of you don't have that yet. <laughs> and that's how you get that amazing amounts of anointing is actually making God number one by making him your ministry over everyone. The call is more important than anything. It's the election. It's being raised from the dead. I have to follow the Spirit. I will not follow a man or a woman. I will not fall into a pit. I won't go to your funerals. I won't participate in your giving and taking in marriages. We have to be real disciples. Without real disciples, you will have devils ruling over every city on the planet forever. Do you understand that? Just because you aren't brave enough to obey the gospel doesn't mean everyone won't be. We need a few brave men and women to go all the way in discipleship and the other ones should be the financial supporters. No questions asked. Should fuel them because without them, every city and nation is lost to Satan. It is the standard of the perfect ones that destroys hell's government over your souls, that destroys the realm of the dead, that destroys sin, sickness, and disease. And unless there are perfect disciples, one in a million, this nation will go to hell in a handbasket. You'll have your Biden, you'll have your FEMA camps, you'll have your microchips and guillotines. You'll have Satan in a nation that has rejected the standard of a normal disciple, but we haven't. So we're, that's not going to happen because God has raised up disciples. Count the cost before you go to war, Jesus Christ said. It will cost you everything and almost everyone says no. You need to understand that. Only one in a million says yes. Some of you right now listening are those one in a million. Because you paid the price. And you will continue to pay the price 
which means continue to be misunderstood for serving God and not man. <laughs> serving God and not family. Because mm. when you serve God, God is your family. Doesn't mean be a bad dad. Means be a God dad. Doesn't mean be a bad brother. Means being a God father, God brother, God sister. <laughs> a God husband and a God wife. Fully divine. This is a place of having no compromise in relationships. This is perfection glory. This is the standard if you want to walk in resurrection power. You have to have this in your life. You have to make God a priority in all things and you can't compromise. And when you do, you have sinned. When you serve your spouse more than the ministry, you have sinned. When you serve your family more than the ministry, you have sinned. You have not taken God as more important than your natural realm, than blood, than flesh that fades like a, a flower. See, what doesn't fade like a flower is the water that gives life to the flower and the light of the sun that shines. Those are still there. The water and the light representing God. Not the petals, not the flowers, not the roots, not the stem. Not the natural plants. The supernatural eternal sources of the garden. That's God. God is the source for vegetation, for growth, for vineyards. You have to value the water and the light more than anything. And you have to serve the water and the light more than anything. Otherwise, the demons are killing you and destroying you and stealing from you all the water and the light's plans for your life. And if you serve the water and the light, guess what? Soon enough, the only thing that will grow around you will be that which runs on God. And it will clean up bad spouses. It'll clean up bad family. And they might go away. They might die. They might come. They might go. It's all kinds of strange things, just like gardening. Who knows? There might be unexpected worms or birds. It's always entertaining. I've never been bored one day as a Christian. You just never know what this world's going to throw at you. But you know what you have as two constant sources is the water and the light. Meaning if you have your root system rooted in the living water and the light of his glory, it really is all entertainment. The earth is a theater. Paul called it a theater. Yep. And you are being entertained by all kinds of stuff that can change. So you want to come to a place where you can't be changed. You're changing in order so you can't be changed. Metamorphosis is so the new creature can't be changed by things that change. Come on. <laughs> Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God remains forever. I want the word of God solidified and gelled in my bones. So a whole sickness and disease, plague, pandemic comes upon, but it can't change the water. It can't change the light, but the light and the water change it and it fades away 
and it changes and it is washed you get so washed that all you do is wash and you become the washer see that's how you become an immovable rock he spoke to the rock and water poured out and that water is Christ that water does not change he is the Lord and he remains the same forever can you get so close to that water that there's nothing in you that's shaken by anything in the world at any time see that's what maturity is maturity is not being able to be changed because the one who's changed you is all who remains in you your cup overflows but you know eventually your cup dissolves become one with the river when you were younger Peter you did whatever you wanted to do every good idea you called God <laughs> when you're older one stronger than you will bind you and take you places you don't want to go meaning when you're more mature in the spirit and in the glory you're bound in the river and you've lost control with your hands and your head can you get out of control and let go with your brain and your hands can you let the river carry you can you be controlled by God but it's gonna offend everyone everyone that's not in the river it'll probably wash them away probably make a new family I've seen the turnover rate in full-time ministry of hundreds of thousands this river washes every stone every brain every mind it's a huge washing machine it's a miracle if anyone has ever been able to stay with me <laughs> because the water and the torrents are so strong they always want to just get washed away and just let the water take them places and you know the throne doesn't get washed away the throne doesn't move everything under the throne gets washed everything under the throne gets moved the overcomers are so washed that they sit upon the washing machine and they become the washers as stuff washes don't be so quick to hold on to it let it go and the water will bring the things to you that God wants you to have all of us have held on to things that we weren't supposed to and it's a lack of living water in that area of our life it's called idolatry where the waters are idle and they do not flow because you're clinging and grasping for control <clears throat> control of your kids control of your spouse control of your work and your business your money your finances every detail in life is an idol when it's not in the river it's all sin and it's all Satan that's what a fallen cursed being is you get saved when you come to the waters and begin losing control the current measure of your salvation is how much you've lost control to the living waters and you lose more every day and you think oh I have, what have I gained for losing everything to follow the father hardly anyone does it it's a lonely path very few people sink to these depths of the anchor into the fountain of Eden in the bowels of the earth through the death of Jesus entombed with Christ 
One in a million Christians have, has ever experienced it or walked in it. Why would I even want to do that to be so alone? That's the only way you can save cities and nations. That's the only way you'll ever be an apostle. <laughs> it's the only way you're a legitimate leader in the body of Christ. It's true. Everyone else up on the surface level follows those that have died the depths and have sank down into the lowest regions in the earth where the fountains of the great deep reside. And you want to live in the great deep and everyone on the surface drinks from the great deep. They don't know it's you. They'll never give you credit and they'll preach false doctrine and say everyone's equal not knowing the price you've paid at all. But you're a friend with God and that is your rewards. Your rewards is being in that level of depth with God when no one around you can understand because they haven't had the experience. Do you understand that's what it's going to take for you to step into perfect leadership? Misunderstood on a level you can't comprehend right now. Sacrificing things you don't even know are bad right now. Letting people go you think are the most godly people in your life and the one God has for you. <laughs> All of it changes the deeper you die the depths. And you sink and you know him on the inside that is what it means to progressively know him the meaning of life is going deeper within digging deeper what can i sacrifice of the natural realm to pull my consciousness into a deeper depth deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls all your waves and breakers have swept over me every day every day deep calls unto deep what's the deep realms of the father you know nothing about because you haven't sacrificed your outer man to go deeper into your inner man <laughs> you don't even know what persecution is until the outer man begins sacrificing for the inner man you won't ever experience persecution if you live a worldly outer man life. If you live in the giving and taking in marriage and you go into the funerals and you're right with the dead, burying the dead, you have not paid any price and therefore you have no anointing. So Jesus said, count the cost before you go to war against all the external things in your life that are considered good by your family. That's what you're going to war against. My sister said to me after I was born again, I liked you better before. I liked you. They've said that many, many times. Why? Because we have gone into a different family and they are no longer family at all. At all. Use wisdom. Grow in the depths of wisdom. People here messages of great holiness like this and then they get into some strange fire zeal and destroy their life 
Don't do that. Let the spirit do it. <laughs> We've had people empty their husband's bank accounts and leave their three children unattended after listening to Joel's bar because they're so foolish and didn't understand the wisdom and started driving here. Isn't that insane? See, people will hear the word, but they doesn't have any wisdom. It has to be understood spiritually with wisdom. Is everything literal? You know, it doesn't take any wisdom to interpret anything literally. Wisdom means it's not literal. It's a costly ointment produced by the sacrifice of the literal reasoning of your carnal mind. Do I still associate with my family? Listen, I've been discipling every member of my family since I got born again 21 years ago in Teen Challenge. They came to visit me. I've been preaching at all of them nonstop for 21 years. Very little have obeyed, but there's still a level of sanctification. And the Holy Spirit had me interact with them a lot. There were I mean, a thousand times where I'd have to say, no, 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 I'm not going that and follow God, which is, you know, despising them and making God your family, but they're still around. I'm not talking about cutting people off. So make sure you get wisdom. Because I really, it really is grieving the Holy Spirit when people hear and interpret the Bible literally and don't mix it with wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Remember, you got to be led by the Spirit to follow God. This isn't brain-hearing holiness and then applying it with brain. That's madness. That's called religion. That'll turn you into Pharisees. I'm talking about in the heart and the spirit crucifies the brain and you're spirit-led. You got to be best friends with the Holy Spirit to be a disciple. The spirit of truth will lead you into all truth. We are led by the spirit of truth. You have to have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. You can't just take principles and apply them to your life and call yourself right because you're wrong. That's religion. Christianity is about obeying a spirit sent from the Lord Jesus, the Holy Ghost. It's the river of life. None of your activity you've ever done in your life that even seemed sacrificial has any rewards unless it was in the river of his glory, the river of life. You could put every discipline in the Bible in your life and still go to hell because you're not in the river, you're not in the spirit. You've never followed the spirit one day. These are principles. It's just another religion. God is not in religion. That's the place of Egypt. That's the realm of the dead that we're trying to resurrect you from. You put this holiness in the river and mix it with the river. The glory of God will increase in your life. But you have to have the foundation of the river first, which many of you don't even have. So this word can't even help you. You have to live in the river. You have to have your brain underwater. What is this river? We don't even know about the river. The river is the Holy Spirit on earth. And I'll, t I'll give you a principle of how to know the river and follow the river. The Spirit will animate the Word. The Spirit will glorify the Son. Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will glorify me. 
and he is the word the holy spirit will glorify the word so when i knew the holy spirit thousands of times less 20 years ago i was instructed to read the word out loud so i could feel and know the spirit inside the word and spent over 10,000 hours reading the word out loud to know the spirit of the word prophets were inspired who wrote the word i want to know the inspiration god the spirit of the word and only having the foundation of the river called the spirit of the word could you ever follow god you need that foundation i know we preach on holiness all the time but it will turn into religion real easy if you're not in the river <laughs> holiness is just horrible outside the river these are the worst pharisees you know it's true the ones that have the strictest regiment of not participating with anything even remotely compromised outside the river is the biggest pharisee in satan's hell that's phariseeism now you put that holiness that nazarite i will not touch a drop of alcohol i will not participate with any darkness and you do that in the river you will walk in the brightest measure of the glory of the father so just because two externally abstain from the same sin doesn't mean they're the same inwardly one's a pharisee of satan and the other is a son of glory what's the issue in the river or out of the river foundation for all salvation of understanding all works on earth you got a hundred million pretenders out there calling themselves christian leaders and christians not in the river that is not christianity i love how anna roundtree's heaven waits the bride and rick joiner's final quest both first chapters show you satan's kingdom satan's army in heaven waits the bride it's all the work of christianity done in the sand in egypt and the goat's battering ram head comes in and just knocks the whole mess over people said oh it's the end of christianity it's the end of satan's christianity the reason why you don't know the difference is because you're barely saved and barely in the river for those that are in the river we're like yes goat's battering ram my hero knock it over destroy it all because it's the false expression of christianity it's robbed all your resources robbed all of your people it's destroyed everything in your life like it has the red letter ministries last 15 years so that it's still like living by faith 15 years of following the river of life because that goats ram battering ram has to destroy false christianity in the sand it's all external discipline external discipline what is that that ain't christianity it's religion you do not need external discipline you need internal rivers a disciple is not one disciplined externally give me a break that's a pharisee a disciple is one disciplined to keep his brain anchored in the river in his belly that his mind is always controlled by the spirit and never the flesh never the natural never religion never your opinions of what is good and evil that was the temptations of satan in the beginning the flesh's judgment of good and evil 
is original sin. That's practicing religion. That's what all the 200 million demons try to deceive you in. And that's what most of you are still deceived in. That's what your spouses are deceived in. That's what your family is deceived in. It's called original sin of judging externally. The knowledge of good and evil. Satan's kingdom that deceives the whole world. God's kingdom that liberates the whole world comes from a spring of people that don't submit to external rules, regulations, here a little, there a little, all of it wearisome. If you can repent from the law, which means return to the high place, and come into the spring of the fountain of grace, you begin to do a dent in the kingdom of hell. And there's many doing dents. There's many. There is an army here of people that drink the river of life. The river of life, I'll tune into different prophets and different ministries, and there's hundreds of people drinking from the river. And everyone is drinking at a different level. There's a different degree. It's There's a different taste. There's a different wine. The father is a vine dresser, I meaning he's going to taste all the different wines. Every community of drinkers has a different wine. Anyone who's actually saved is a drinker. You can't say, oh, they're the drinkers. No, they're the only real Christians. Because it's called the cup of the new covenant. And they're in the river. So the only ones that are in the river are the only real Christians on planet Earth. Everyone else is completely fake. And that's not Christianity. It's all Egypt. It's all the realm of the dead. So amongst those in the river, there are different expressions of the Godhead. And all of them are glorious. All of them are wonderful. All of them become the 12 tribes of Israel. All of them become the multifaceted, many-sided wisdom of God's mind, the mind of Christ. And anyway, you look at all the places the river flows amongst all the drinkers, and the bride of Christ is the remnant of people that rejoice in the springs of the fountains of the waters of life, that know how to let the river of life constantly refresh and water their soul. They're well-watered gardens. It, the difference between someone in the river and not in the river, that chasm separating, isn't it? It's becoming more and more obvious. Who are the real Christians and who are the dry Egyptian hell? The dry place Christians. The false brethren. The ones you're never meant to be yoked to. They have no moisture in them. You give them a drink, they just kill, steal, and destroy. They mock the living water. They mock the cup of the new covenant. They mock everything they don't understand. They have their doctorates in divinity from the cemetery. <laughs> they really, they guard dead men's bones, doctrines, teachings, all of it. It's the purest form of Satanism. The purest form of Satanism is not the Ouija board and the occult. The purest form of Satanism is not Freemasonry. The purest form of Satanism is not Halloween. The purest form of Satanism is being a religious Christian. And many of you still struggle with that. And that's why the devil is still in your midst. Because that's his nature. Satan's nature is that of a religious Christian. And all of us, at times, still wrestle that pride. So in order to overcome the devil, they had to love not their lives, even unto death. 
and they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And the blood of the Lamb is something that you can't plead. It's not something you can put Crisco over your windows and doors like a madhouse with your weird oils. The blood of the Lamb must be drunk. The blood of the Lamb has to be drunk into your inner man. That's the only spiritual substance that can keep your spirit alive. That's why it's called the cup of salvation. If you're saved, it means your spirit is alive. If you're not saved, it's because you haven't drunk his blood into your spirit. That there's other things working in you. Dead men's bones, which is dead blood. Gross. That's true. And so their measures of death, all of it has to be washed away by the blood of the Lamb. By people that know how to drink. And you know what happens when you drink the blood of the Lamb? You get the revelation of the new wine, of the new covenant. The blood of the Lamb is the new wine of the new covenant. When you drink the blood of the Lamb, it begins to press out everything that doesn't work in the glory. So that the wine press becomes the final judgment upon all teachings on planet Earth. Upon science. It's a wine press. It's a judgment upon science. It's a judgment upon education. All seven mountains get the wine press of the passion of the Almighty. We say wrath of the Almighty. Greek word wrath is passion. The passion of the blood of the Lamb. Oh my God, that's love, people. That is intense, drunken, glory, love that the world has yet to experience. Why? Because we don't drink enough and we think way too much. God still convicts me every day that I'm thinking too much and not drinking too much. And, you know, we get drunk out of our minds every day on the glory for 15 years. And I still am convicted every day. I could be drinking so much more. And I think then I get excited not condemned, excited how much there is to drink. No one gets condemned when there's like, oh man, you got, you got a six pack in your fridge. Oh, I feel so condemned. You get to drink that. You get to drink that. What are you beating yourself up for? I'm not drunk. You get to drink. I don't feel anything. You get to feel something. Don't grow weary just because you're surrounded by unbelief and filled with unbelief. Unbelief of the demons and you and humans is why people don't feel the glory, why they don't feel the sensitivity to God's Holy Spirit. They have calloused hearts. I mean, their snake skins over their eyes. You know, scales fell off of Saul's eyes. Saul was right next to a man with a glowing face. His face is glowing with the glory. He couldn't feel the glory, people. Five feet away from a man glowing with the glory and he can't feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Why? Calloused by religious sin and death. So just because we feel the drunken glory like amazingly every day doesn't mean anyone around you feels it at all. You can see that Saul of Tarsus is the best example because he is the worst. You'll never be worse than that. <laughs> And you understand what it takes for those kinds of scales and calluses to come off of someone's heart. You could be in the Holy of Holies and not feel anything. 
How can it be? Sin separates you from God. You could be surrounded by the greatest apostles of all time and just not hear it and mock it and just, I don't know, it's crazy. Don't even feel the glory. Don't even feel the 10,000 watts of electricity. There's zero sensitivity. They have their senses dead by practicing the self-righteousness of the fallen angels' pride. Woo! Everyone's sensitivity is completely different, people. We want to get more and more sensitized. Yeah, there's coming a time when the fire of God will burn all the calluses and it will torture them. I mean, you want to talk about heaven on earth. Well, heaven on earth is hell for everyone disobedient. Everyone who loves sin considers heaven hell. What to them who call what is good, evil, and evil good? Because that light, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, is the fragrance of death to those that are dying, but the fragrance of life to those that are living. Your pioneering of the glory of God is the torment and the torture for anyone that loves sin. Your cities aren't going to applaud you. Maybe later on in 20 years, 5 years, after you burn off every last demon in the whole realm. But right now, you're actually their party pooper. You're their enemy. You're the bad guy for doing the good thing, doing the right thing. And so that's the problem, that the glory is the fire of God burning up the things that Adam and Eve in their race fell for. They desired the things of the realm of the natural. Men and women's hearts desire the natural realm. And if you go after the fire of God and get really, really set apart in the river, you will burn up all the desires of the nations. You will burn up all the things they want and care about. You will destroy everything they consider good. That's why they killed so many hundreds of thousands of Christians. Because they were destroying what they thought was good. Wow. The persecution you receive in the glory, like Peter says, if you're persecuted for the glory, then you suffer as a Christian. Is because that glory was the fire that was destroying all the things that people liked in sinful Greece, in sinful Rome, in sinful Israel. So you're their enemy. People in their hearts, especially the religious the false brethren, the millions of Christians that only practice Christianity exter externally, you will begin to destroy what they value as holy. Oh, don't bring drugs into my holy Jesus, into my holy Christianity, because you're desecrating their external religion. Do you understand that? That's why they get offended by token the ghost and the new cocaine, the new heroin. Oh, not that, just the new wine. The only drug they had in Jesus' day was alcohol. So he said, instead of that, we'll call it new alcohol. Why do people get offended by that? Because you're desecrating their religious idols. That's all they have because none of them know Jesus on the inside. They don't serve the living God. They serve an idol that can be desecrated by your freedom. That's why they get offended, people. They still serve idols. 100% true, 100% of the time. The living God can't be offended by anything. He's a river. He's just going to wash it. A little something come up, you just wash it. You got rivers here. People aren't working in rivers because they're working in idolatry. That's the living and the dead, the separation on earth. 
Is your Christianity in forms? Is your Christianity in the external realm? Then you serve devils, and those devils can be easily offended. Those devils can be easily destroyed. Someone comes in with tremendous freedom and tremendous glory and brings the river, they will destroy all that false version of Christianity and offend 10,000 people and they'll start chanting, crucify him, crucify him. You just destroyed everything that we thought in our own minds was holy and sacred when you're destroying the devil and their false Christianity. So you got to choose your battles, choose them wisely, knowing that most people don't know Jesus on the inside so that you come against their external idolatry every day, every day. So if the Holy Spirit leads you to pick a fight against everything wrong, then do it because he'll back you up with angel power and you'll win. And he honestly has asked me to do that. That's something he's asked Red Letter Ministries to do for 15 years. And the angels have cleaned up the mess every season of catastrophe and war. And it has been battlefield after battlefield after battlefield nonstop. And the angels have done a marvelous job. So it's just all cleaned up, cleaner, brighter, nicer than ever before. Even though all we've ever done is waged war against idolatry, external religion, professionally hired by God like assassins. And now that the inside realm is manifesting on the outside realm it's creating a different external reality that's called when the kingdom of heaven comes that's when new jerusalem comes down like a scroll so if you wage war as an angel with michael and the warring angels long enough the external realm is transformed into your and my internal realm which is called the kingdom of heaven that's why we suffer violence and the violent lay hold of it and the violent advance it because what we're doing is spiritual violence with the word of god which is called a sharp two-edged sword committing violent acts of righteousness against idols and demons principalities powers thrones and all spiritual wickedness of external religion, which is all the curse of the fall in the world, every day waging war from within. You realize that's what Joel's army's been doing from the very beginning? Coming out of the kingdom realm within and fighting the external realm of he who's in the world, Satan and his angels, and destroying religion, which is destroying idolatry and flooding them with heaven, rivers, and the rivers will flow out of Eden, out of your hearts, and water the garden once again. So these are the blockages of the things that stop the rivers from watering the garden that flow out of your heart gates. And so you start to get the picture of what true spiritual warfare is and restoring all things as they were in the beginning, so shall they be at the end. Genesis, the Garden of Eden, the rivers, flowing through Adam and Eve's hearts and keeping the whole planet perfect with mists and springs coming up in the garden and watering the garden. You are those mists and springs. That's your heart and your renewed mind knows it because there's glory passing through your eyes and your eyes are like bright with glory all the time from the living water that's springing out of you all the time. And so you bring a people that know how to bring this much of the inner realm upon the outer realm and they conquer. 
become more than conquerors. And they begin to conquer cities and nations and eventually they conquer the whole planetary existence. They conquer all flesh, bones, and blood. And they conquer every system, all seven mountains. And Jezebel that rode the seven-headed beast of the carnal mind is cast down into the realm of the living water that we have manifest out of our hearts. And that living water is called the lake of fire. It's a lake of fire. It's a lake. L-A-K-E. Lake, which means water. Living water. Fire. And that lake was formed by people that knew the water works of Christ. That knew how to bring heaven to earth proficiently from Ezekiel 47. Out of the belly of the temple will flow a river. And in the river I saw all the different types of fish, which were the nations, swimming. So everyone will swim in the lake of fire. Aren't you happy about it? It's true. It's going to be the best thing ever. Very scary for idolaters. Horrifying for those who've lived in the falsehood of externalism. But for those who have been real Christians... It's our promised land, and it's the believer's rewards. And all the spiritual enemies that have opposed those who bring the glory out of their hearts every day like a river will begin to be rewarded as they throw down the beast, the false prophet, and the red dragon inside everyone's flesh down into the lake, down into the living water, and baptize this world The second coming of Christ is like a great flood, and that flood is released from your hearts as you throw down all the external falsehood down into the living water in the name of Jesus Christ. You can cast it down. You can cast down vain imagination. You can cast down everything that opposes the Word of God. We take hold of every stronghold, and we break its power, and we cast it down and bring it into submission to the lake of fire. 2 Corinthians 10.5 We break down strongholds. Anything that exalts itself against the wisdom of Christ, which is the living water, the works of the river. Any Christianity, any teaching that you've ever heard, bring to the water and let it be judged by the wine-pressed. Let it be judged by the blood of the Lamb. Let it be judged by the drunken glory. And if it can't stand the test, then you know you have followed doctrines of men and doctrines of demons. Those that are wise will come to the river now and throw all their belief systems in the living water to follow God in the river. For God is nowhere else. And those who know them in the river are the only ones that know God and represent God in all the earth and those that support the river are the only supporters of God and God has not supported financially anywhere else all of it is false Christianity not a single drop of any of those works represent God the Father it's completely godless and pagan activity so if you want to be supporters of God Start supporting the river. Start drinking the river, going deeper in the river, bringing your business into the river. Are you kidding me? That should be exciting for most of you. To bring all of your ability to make wealth, which the Bible says is the covenant. The covenant 
is to make wealth. Scripture declares, I have given you the covenant to make wealth. In the river, anyone that wasn't in the river in the Old Testament didn't have that covenant. Genesis to Revelation, people, same exact river. Men and women have always served the Holy Spirit to some capacity when they've been saved in every generation. So right now, Father, I pray that you would take our hearts, bind our minds, and throw us in the river and let every thought, action, and deed in our lives be governed by the government of the river heads. Your government is the government of living water. You are the government of our souls. Holy Spirit sent from Jesus Christ. And we give you permission to govern and dictate like a dictator all the thoughts and decisions of our life that we may be in the perfect will inside the living waters in every area of our life constantly made new and refreshed by the living water. In Jesus' mighty name. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.